Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 200. <laughs> Incredible production elements that Cole Coffee has prepared for episode number 200. You knew we would come I strong. Spared, I spared no expense. You knew we would spared come strong no for episode number in 200. Fact, to celebrate it, I decided to rent out a venue here in town, and I put on a karate event. With an open bar. What a way to is celebrate that a good things. Enough? Is that good enough? Well, let's just say we are <laughs> in Los Angeles, California right now, just outside or around the corner. Actually, in Hollywood, California. Deep Hollywood, I heard. Deep Hollywood, it's referred to. Uh, <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> maybe that was just in passing conversation. I don't know if that <laughs> Now that sounds kind of dirty now that you said it. Inglewood, California is actually the host of this week's Bellator 214, which is why we are in town. But... Yeah, let's just let's just get to that. We'll get to that momentarily. There's plenty mm. of Bellator 214 coverage coming. Mm. Right now, where we are coming to you, it's definitely an MMA roadshow first. I don't believe, and yeah. we have broadcasted from some crazy places. New Orleans. New Orleans was the craziest, I believe. That was crazy. No, no question about that. And the that. titty bar was yes. legit the craziest. From the strip club. is. Oh, is, is that? I'm sorry. That's the politically correct That term. is the politically correct. Sir, these are <laughs> – yeah, that's the craziest by far. <laughs> there goes if, all those potential sponsors. If you haven't yeah. – <laughs> if you haven't heard that episode, don't. <laughs> Trust <laughs> don't, us. Don't ever go find it. Uh, but, yeah, but we've done some crazy things. But this – this Coke Coffee, and to know that you booked it especially just for the 200th you know, episode. It's through Shadow Corps. You know, if you try to track it down and find the money, ask to me, good luck. It's not going to happen. I have Shadow Corps upon Shadow Corporation. You can't track me down. You can't track me down, dog. We are here at the Avalon Hollywood coming to you live or, you know, taped. Boom, you know, boom. From Karate boom, Combat boom, Hollywood. Boom. I was trying to give you, like, the, the drums that were, like, just ominously playing. That was good. It sounded like the opening to the Pride theme. Like, yeah, that was good. That was good. (laughs) Karate comment. This is is cool. This is very cool. Now, this is streaming live on Fight Pass as we sit there, as we always do on Thursday night. We sit down Mm -hmm. to record this episode. That's true. Uh, It's streaming live on USC Fight Pass. uh, And I had seen a little bit of this here and there. I saw they did an event at the top of the World Trade Center, which was just that would be very amazing that they did that. Yeah, the sites were amazing. I think, I believe they did one in Greece. Like outside, is it the is it the Parthenon, the Pantheon, the Parthenon, the Parthenon, right? <laughs> the is Parthenon is one of the buildings. Yes, I believe that's where they did. And it. then but there's basically they think Italy has a Pantheon. See, Panthenon? that's why I, try, I get those yeah. confused. But they 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 pick some. They have one of them old buildings. They they pick some amazing venues. And right now tonight we're in the uh, the Avalon, which is this uh, I get like like a concert hall basically. It's definitely a concert hall. It it's definitely looks like it should be a concert hall. It could be a Somebody said a club, but it's a, it's not a club. It's more of a concert hall. Yeah, I mean it looks like it used to be like an old theater of some sort right. that they refitted it out, you know, to to make it a club or a, super you know. nice. I mean, just all this detailed work around us. Yeah. We are upstairs kind of let's just say it. We're in the VIP area. The karate combat folks that you booked this through, uh, yes. obviously. You know, did you see how we, we walked past the red carpet and we walked straight up and got wristbands? That's you, what's you up. You didn't really – you forgot about that's how that – that's how it works. And <laughs> so, yeah, so this uh, so there you go. So this thing right here, check it out. It's invitation only. So there's, there's not a big crowd in here. This no. is invite only. No. So it's very small. It's intimate. As you said, um, there's an open bar for everybody that's in here. There's multiple open bars. Multiple One on every open bars. They're doing, it, they're doing it right. They're doing it right. They do have uh, – award-winning 
past Blue Ribbon available, which is ounces. the big ones. And that's how we that's how we started the night. That's how we started. Uh, we may have switched on to a couple of mixed what adult are we cocktails at this point. What are you drinking well, at now? this point, I am shouting out my Texas heritage and going with a little bit of Tito's, handmade vodka Ooh. and soda. I am doing a nice whiskey ginger. Nice. I mean, you know. It's not top-end whiskey guys, ginger. Guys like us, when you're looking you know, to, to look out for the physiques that we have, I mean, yes. you want to have a cold beer, too, yes. but. You, you know, those calories add up. you got to right. switch over to the mixed drinks. And, that's uh, it. And that's what we've done at this point. You know, and, and it's easy to moderate the intake. When you, when you see a bunch of glasses piling up, you feel bad. So you don't, you don't go too hard. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Danny Trejo down there. Yeah, Trejo. Doing announcing. Trejo? Trejo? Trejo. Trujillo. You trying to make him somebody else? Yeah. It's Danny Trejo. I'm making his name much cooler. All right, Danny Trujillo. <laughs> Machete. <laughs> He's, and down he's much taller in my version. All right, look, if you guys haven't seen this Karate Combat, just to, just to lay it out real quick, it is on Fight Pass, so all the archives are there. Uh, no question about it, we don't know any of the athletes that are competing. Um, but they are the striking specialists, no question about it. They actually compete in uh, gi pants. They've got the, the belt on. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all striking. Um, there are not really takedowns, so to speak, but if the fight goes to the floor, you do get up to five seconds to work ground to strike, and pound yeah. right there to try so to strike So you saw a couple there. people taking, like, single leg takedowns just so that they can have the opportunity to do That's a right. ground and pound. Or if they, and you then know, it stopped. If they were in a bad situation, they kind of ducked under some punches. And, and then yeah. held it. And then it, like, it's like a stall. Mm -hmm. And then the ref came in and split them apart. Five seconds, the ref counts it out, then they stand them up. So it keeps the action moving. There's no question about it. It's fun. It's fan-friendly. And it's it, to, to set up, it's, it's down in the pit. The mat is in uh, – so picture the mat on the floor, and then it's raised walls at a diagonal slant so that you can almost run up the wall but if you were on the floor it kind of makes you want to slide back to the to That's the right. floor you know it looks like it'd be like a cool skate ramp if it, if it was there real you go. wood it'd be That's like a, a good skate way to ramp, describe you know, it kind of go and and i'll tell you what it's funny the one thing that we have seen is you know in between rounds you've got to scale that wall and a couple of the fights yeah. we saw early on the fighters were so gassed after the first or second round they had a hard time they had a little up. trouble getting up the walls yeah that's a that's a, a design flaw they kind of need to fix that <laughs> I, maybe that's just a test of character i guess you want this or not how bad how bad do you want this do you want to sit on your stool in the break or do you want to just sit down there i'd be really i'd be really uh thinking about maybe just laying against the wall and right? just taking the advice like just from talk there. to me talk to me i can hear you bro <laughs> I can hear you. And it is cool, too. We should say, well, again, we're upstairs in the VIP area, but downstairs, it, it might, it, I mean, you might as well consider it just as VIP. I mean, everybody in here is VIP, but, I mean, you, you've got spectators literally just right up against. Right against the wall. The, 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 yeah, the outside wall. There's no glass there. There's no fence there whatever. So this is cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we checked it out. And, uh, excuse me, I'm glad you booked this event yeah, yeah. because you got uh, it. it's fun, man. No it's problem. fun. It's, it's, it's all action striking. So. Um, pretty cool if you haven't checked it out on the USC Fight Pass. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's fun. Yeah, and and you know it's you know it's so funny we we're so used to doing these things and they just kind of come and go. We probably should have did some extra planning for the 200th episode. You know we heard some suggestions of video. Other than booking an entire event. Well, you know I should have made it so that our listeners could could participate it. You know right now uh, like after the true. fact it's not like we can be like hey guys turn on your Fight Pass that's and you true. can watch along with us. You know so. You know, uh, we're terrible at playing. Better at this year, maybe uh, bringing some video elements. We actually did bring one of the cameras to try to work it, but that didn't get used. But it's been a it's been a long day already. But we'll we'll work on that. Uh, that is our if there's a um, what are those things you make at the end of the year at the beginning of the year resolutions uh, resolutions resolution for this year. 
you know, like, I'll, I'll worry about that weight shit, but I ain't going to make a bullshit promise like that. We will work on getting video, more video to the road show. I like it. Um, and definitely to the site because, you know, me and John have been talking more about bringing some more video elements to the site. So looking forward to this year, I'm looking to bolster the website content. You know, right now you go and it's pretty much just a repository for all the website stuff. And I love it that you guys still go there and use it. But hopefully we're going to give you another reason to actually go to the website and, and look at Call that stuff. a tease. That is a tease. That is a tease. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm yeah. just a dirty bird I flirt <laughs> straight up. Speaking of, oh, no, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, uh, the, view's, the view's nice. The, the view's, view's nice. nice. There are, all right, anyway, uh, enough about that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get in trouble. No, but, uh, yeah, no, listen, to throw a little tease out there, you know, there may be an opportunity for us to do some other things outside of our General the typical employment. bubble. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I I like it. So yeah. our typical bubble. I like yeah. that. Some maybe but some still combat related. And doing and you know, some other stuff, but for another combat sports. Yeah, combat sports. Uh, you know, grappling, striking stuff that boxing, we would normally come. Boxing. Lathway. We're thinking about it. Thinking about it. We're gonna, thinking gonna about it. We're going to see what so we can do. Maybe maybe if you read into that and you hit us up and you think, man, John, I'd be interested in more combat sports coverage. We're still going to – look, we're still going to specialize in MMA. No yeah, question about that. That's what it is. MMA yeah, is my sure. life, dude. It's My life surrounds it. But events like this. Be fun. Be fun. All right. The reason we're here, Bellator 214, Fedor versus Bader. First Bellator event of the year. Um, Got to say – they got fortunate the UFC had to cancel, right? I mean, no question about it. You Certainly know, didn't hurt. Yeah, you know, this was going to be this was going to be a real interesting week for us as a staff. You and I were going to be the original plans just to, to take a little peek behind the curtain. You and I were going to be split up. Um, and uh, Stephen Morocco, the magnificent one, was coming down. Mike Bond was probably going to come down. You know, we were going to split up and basically make two teams and, and cover the two events. But with the UFC being canceled or postponed, if you'd like to use their postponed terminology. To never, to never though, rise again. Yes, even though 233 will never, ever, ever happen. I don't know why you just can't <laughs> or say 151. it's canceled. Or 151. <laughs> I would, that would be great. I would love it like at some point this year they're just like, hey, and, and next – it's USC, USC 151. <laughs> like, we told you it wasn't canceled. We, didn't can we still have it. Still, it was t told you. It was just postponed. So they definitely got fortunate with that. They've got the, the center of attention because not only were going to be on the same day, but they were both going to be in Southern California, which that's tough to both be competing in the same market because not only are you competing to sell tickets, which Los Angeles is a big area, and especially when you add in the fact that USC was going to be in Anaheim, which is quite a distance away. Tickets might not be such an issue, I mean, because you got plenty of fans. Right. But, but the big issue is you start talking about media. I mean, we're fortunate that we're, we're an MMA-heavy site, and we would bring people. But, you know, if you think about, like, the Los Angeles Times or the OC Register or whatever, right. you know, they're not going to be able to split up. They don't have extra bodies that they can True. split. So I think, the, I think Bellator got really, really fortunate, yeah. whether they'd ever admit it or not, which, you know, Scott Coker kind of kind of said, well, you know, hey. We, we were good. We, yeah. we knew. But they got pretty fortunate. Yeah, they got pretty fortunate. They um, certainly wasn't, weren't upset about it. <laughs> no, definitely not. All. Now, all that said, I said the same thing last week in Brooklyn for the UFC, and I'll say the same thing here. You know, a lot of times people want to hear, what's, what's the buzz on the ground? What's the feel? I mean, you guys are there. Tell me what the feel is. And to be honest, it's just impossible to get a quote-unquote big fight feel in markets like this. I mean, there's so much going on That's true. on a daily basis, whether true. it be sports, uh, whether it be, you know, entertainment stuff. And on top of that, think about this, and I think this is one, one spot that Bellator did get hosed a little bit, was the Rams made it to the Super Bowl. And so mm. a lot of the sports reporters here are kind of on that 
uh, Super on the Bowl NFL, beat. Yeah, yeah Super they're Bowl on that beat. Super Bowl beat. So it's 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 six. You know, it's, it's pluses here. It's minuses there. Overall, I think it was a pot. You know, I think things yeah. are looking good for Belter. But it's just hard in markets like this. New York, L.A., it's hard to say, oh, yes, there's a buzz on the ground. Right. There's just so much stuff. You're right. You're absolutely right. And which is really cool. I mean, it's a difference. I mean, if you go to a, just to pick a random place like Boise, you know, like just. Great pronunciation Boise. there. Great pronunciation. You know, just when it comes to things going on here, like the city, again, you know, you know, not to say it's the city that never sleeps, but there's a lot of shit going on all the time. Right. So the fact that they come in. And, you know, I think the UFC, when the UFC comes here, they even have the hard, a little bit of a hard of time. I mean, they eventually will get the numbers that they want when it comes to usually uh, attendance to a show. But even they, you know, have issues too. So I think every show coming here, it's tough to fight in this particular market, you know. So they usually try to double up on the, the news hits and, and all the other stuff. But, you know, looking at today, I mean, uh, you know, at the media day today, Primarily, it was a lot of Russian outlets coming for Fedor. I didn't really Massive. see the local news outlets like we normally see. We saw MMA media within the you know within the bubble yep. per se. Whereas at least a lot of times for some of the UFC ones, local guys will come out. So I was a little upset that I didn't see more of the local. But maybe they were there and I just didn't see them. Um, I think once they could start tapping in and the local news realized that hey, this is something that we need to pay attention to as well. You know, hopefully that'll help build it and help give a little bit of a buzz. And I think that's part of it's lacking is that I think some of these news organizations, they think there's only one. They think there's the UFC. And if there's a UFC in town, they'll pay attention. They don't realize the level of quality of, of the one, the production, but the fighting that's going on. You know, so maybe that's on for the listeners and the, and the viewers of your local market. You know, if the UFC or Bellator or somebody's coming by, like, Chirp at your local news, man. Say, hey, are you guys covering this? You know, let them know that this sport is important, you know, and I think that's the only way we're going to change the mind of some of these news outlets, and hopefully that will help kind of create the buzz a little bit when they come into town. So true, man. Listen, you touched on the Russian media. I want to say, okay, listen, you and I, it's, it's Thursday night, as we always say. We sit down Thursday nights. You and I took the, the 7 a.m. flight out of Vegas on Wednesday yeah. morning. Uh, we came straight into L.A. We went downtown um, to Viacom headquarters. Viacom had a, a media day set up on the rooftop of, of their headquarters, which is pretty cool. I said downtown. I guess it was Hollywood also, right, where we are now. Because yeah. we were at the base of the Hollywood sign. It was cool. We'll put a, I put a picture out on Instagram. It was hard to – I know we weren't really at the base because it was still pretty far well, off. Well, I guess the mountains in the distance. <laughs> you're right. We were at the base <laughs> of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, correct. All right. You got me there. But it was it was in the distance behind it, which yeah. was kind of cool because you had the, the, the step and repeat banner, then you had the Hollywood thing behind yeah. it. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those iconic things. I think when people think of, like, Hollywood, they think of the sign. The sign. You, you know, like, think the, I think the sign. first time that I came here and I saw it, I was a little bit, you know, just nostalgic looking. I was like, wow, that's cool. It was a cool you setup, know? and we were on top of this rooftop of the Viacom headquarters. And I should say, I mean, the, the, the reason I say all this is because the area got tight, and it got tight for one reason. Yeah. The Russian media, man. The Russian media contingent here is massive. I mean, it, it – not that we in the MMA bubble don't appreciate Fedor. Of course you do. I mean, I think most of us believe he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. I think uh, a lot of us believe he's among the discussion of the greatest fighters of all time, you know, along with the Anderson Silva, along with the George St. Pierre, along with the Demetrius Johnson, if you want to throw him out there, along with the John Jones, if you want to throw him out there, even with all the recent things he's gone through. I mean, he's definitely one of the greatest ever. But I, I have just been impressed by how much Russian media is here because it just reminds you, man, like – that dude is an icon. And I saw it. You know, if you didn't listen to the show when I was in Moscow at the end of last year, 
uh, it was something I really learned while I was over there that while Habib uh, Nurmagomedov is, of course, a star over there, of course he's well-known over there, Fedor almost has that, like, Anderson Silva slash Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira oh, yeah, status sure. where he's he's not he's gone beyond star to icon, you know? Yeah, so, like, if he wanted to have a political career, he's at the level where it's like I could see where if he dots his I's and crosses all of his T's and, and – plays the party role, I could see him taking a role in government for sure. So, I, absolutely. He, for and sure. he would have people supporting him. You Completely. know, it's funny. I, I did an interview with a Russian outlet. The, the guy was great. He was very apologetic because his English wasn't great. But, I mean, I don't know shit for Russian, yeah. so I certainly can't Nyet. fault him. Yeah, that's about it. That's, that's, it. that's about anybody knows, and right? Da. So his English, you know, <laughs> he was he was he was uh, he was very apologetic. But it was cool, you know, to do a little interview. But, you know, he was talking about the fact that he kind of wanted to get an understanding of what we look at uh, from an American perspective, like what we think of Fedor's star status, what we think of um, you know, him as a fighter and him as a, a quote-unquote celebrity or whatever. And it is funny because after all these years that we've seen him fight, and, and I never got to go see him fight in Pride, so I never got to interview him or anything over there. But, of course, I was watching on TV. But since then, you know, with, with Affliction, uh, with Strike Force, with Bellator, you know, we've had an opportunity to, to see him fight in person many, many times. We had a chance to talk to him many, many times. But there's still this aura about him, man. There's still something about him when he shows up that it, it captivates you a little bit, you know. And I was trying to explain it to him, too. We always talk about, funnily enough, how in order to be a big star in the American market, I think you have to learn English so people feel like they can communicate with you. Yeah. I almost feel like in a lot of ways, the fact that, a that Fedor, who, by the way, does understand a lot more English than he lets on, than he lets on yep. but the fact that he doesn't speak in English, it's weird. I almost feel like it adds to his mystique or it adds to something because you, f you, you feel like you don't know him. You feel like you can't penetrate yep. the ball. And I'm sure it's not just a language. I'm sure it's that, that – that stoicism, you know, that 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 blank exterior yeah. that makes him almost more intriguing because you're like yeah. trying to peer and behind. Intimidating, the yeah, <laughs> and a little bit intimidating, right? Yeah, that's for sure. It, you know, it's he's get, he's definitely got a look a lot of times, and you could see it when you watch some of the interviews. You know, he's already sort of pondering his answer when he's getting the question, so I'm sure he understands a lot more. And that's the kind of thing, you know. What if you had the luxury, I guess, of being around people? but without them knowing that you – you know, like if you're in that situation, no, totally you can understand. understand and, then, and, and then understand everything right they say and then just wondering what they would say about you, you know, just to ha like as a, a test of humanity. Like you sit in a room and if people think that you don't understand them, what's the likelihood of they might talk about you or right. whatever, you know, and then to be able to just hear those things but maybe even just be able to kind of snicker and be like, I understand what you're saying. Well, how great would that be like in a business negotiation or something right? like that, you know, like, like I'll never oh, let on to these people yeah. that, I, that I understand exactly what they're right. saying. But, yeah, yeah, my translator is going to translate everything and I'm right. going to, oh, okay, okay. But you're I get really like, it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about this matchup because I will say no disrespect to anybody else that was in the tournament. But the matchup of Fedor Milenko versus Ryan Bader, to me, is the one I wanted to see from the very beginning. That, to me, is the one I kind of hoped would be the final. And again, not disrespecting by a lot of great names in this tournament, but to me, it's, it, it's the most relevant fight that could have happened in the finals, and it's the most intriguing fight. You know, you got the, the reigning champion in Ryan Bader <laughs> moving up a division, facing the all-time great, facing the legend. They're both going to be about the same size. I mean, Fedor's always around that 235 mark. Uh, Bader told us he'd be right around 235 as well. So, you know, it's not going to be like a, a, a difference in, in sizes or, or, or that sort of thing. Um, 
But I'm I'm intrigued by this. I mean, are you yeah. are you satisfied with the matchup we got? I am satisfied with the matchup. I think when you think about the the listings, um, I think this is a great pairing. I think it's cool to have Fedor in it. I think you could probably have put others opposite, and it still would have been pretty unique, depending on how the thing would have mm -hmm. worked out. Um, I mean, imagine if it just somehow worked out a way where I mean, well, I'd have to look at the bracket in my head to see. But I mean, like. If Fedor and like Rampage ended up, people would have right. still been stoked about that one, you know. Just looking about, harking about the guys that were still doing it, but that were huge, you know, in the past. But no, I think this is great. I mean, uh, Bader has that would have been amazing too, like Pride Greats or whatever. Right. I mean, like, I think f having Fedor brings uh, a nostalgic level to it that um, is very cool. Whereas I think if it was just Bader and say. Just to throw Chael back out there, a Bader and like Chael or somebody, um, it wouldn't quite have the same mystique to it. Definitely you know? not. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a great one. I mean, this is definitely, you know, you have a guy that's contemplating whether this is going to be his last fight, and then you have Bader that has completely reemerged in like, you know, a butterfly out of cocoon once he's came to Be uh, Bellator. You know, he's be just a beast since solid. he's came over you know it's it's unbelievable so you know and i and i hate to say it i, I you know i would never say like changing of the guard thing because that's just ridiculous to bader because it's not like you know he's this young kid that's coming up and doing it you know he's been you know working away you know from day one you know and he hasn't stopped but i think it's great it's a great great matchup but i mean it could be very interesting because if we see the same thing like when Mir, Mir, I thought I was so sure yeah. that Mir had the skill set and that was going to take Fader down. And at those first few seconds, he's throwing, and I'm like, okay, yep, I was right. And then just in a split second of a uh, Fader being Fador, just finished it, and you're just like, wow, this dude still has incredible stopping power, and he still has the precision, and some of his speed is just looking so sharp that you're like, wow, this guy could keep going. You know? It's interesting. So, I mean, if, if we're looking at the bracket, I mean, the only options for the finals for Fader would have been either Bader, King Mo, Mitrione, or Roy Nelson. And out of those four, I definitely think the one I wanted most was Ryan Bader. And I think that's why the, it's the finals that I was anticipating. But you know what? You're right. Had 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 Rampage been able to get by Chael and we would have been able to see Fader and Rampage in the semifinals. That would have been cool. I would have been a lot more I, – I didn't think about it. You know, it's funny. I didn't even think about it at the time. But I would have been a lot more jacked for that than I was for Fedor and Chael Sonnen. No disrespect to right. Chael. No, I no mean, disrespect to Chael. Because you know it would be but a Fedor fun, and Rampage a fun, would like, have been a fun fight week or whatever. But I mean, yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been amazing. I mean, but it definitely. I'm not. I'm not sad about this matchup. But I'm glad that one half of it brings a certain sort of. I don't know, extra glow to it, you That's know, true. in some sort of weird way. Well, listen, Fedor mentioned, you know, of course he was asked about retirement. I mean, he's into his 40s now, and, you know, he, he, he deferred and said, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deal with it until after the fight. Um, but I will say, you know, when I did speak to the Russian uh, media person that, that I spoke with the interview, that was a question too, you know, like should he continue, should he not? So I think they're very much, and it might be why there's such a big turnout here. I mean, it's a big fight for them, yeah. but I think they're very much concerned. That's kind of what I Is got. Is this it? You know, in, in sort of watching body speak, you know, watching some of the, the media guys that were here covering it, there was a point where Fader came in the room and went back to the room, and you could see the sense of urgency in their face that it almost felt like they too felt like this is one of the last chances to maybe talk with them, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. So it's, it's interesting to see the, the Russian media sort of feeling it as well. I think people are looking at his age and they're, you know, looking at it uh, – it just makes sense that 
the time is near. And what better time if you can get the belt and go out after winning this thing yeah. and then just gracefully say, I'm going to go rest. Maybe I'll be back, guys, but I'm going to go focus on these amateurs over here in Russian. He's got his hands in a lot of stuff over there that the man, he would be very busy just going and doing other things yep. besides training for fights. So Let's talk about the open workout that we did see. I mean, uh, it was interesting because we were on this – because we were on this rooftop, probably a setup Working that on that suntan. We were getting a little suntan. You got a little weird burn and, like, weird spots, weird <laughs> angles, like the left side of my neck, only a certain angle because the sun was at a certain angle. The old time. I had, like, the weirdest – Random just sunburn one side one, of the neck. One weird angle on my neck. <laughs> it was it was interesting because I can't think offhand of another open workout setup like that. Bellator, UFC, whatever else in recent memory where, okay, there was no fans because, again, we were at the top of the Viacom headquarters. They can't allow the public to go through there. It's a secure area, right? right? So, we, I mean, we all Very had to. Very hush, hush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had all, to get let in by security. That's right. We had to be up. escorted in for yeah. people with badges and stuff. So, you had that. It was pretty um, impressive. It, it was pretty solid. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty solid. solid. I, felt, I felt pretty important. <laughs> they, they were like, sir, is this your 200th episode? <laughs> we, hear it's right, your two, we hear it's your 200th episode. Please, <laughs> come right in. Uh, Go to the rooftop. Have, have your way. But then we're on the rooftop. We will bring you Chipotle for lunch. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> Chipotle lunch for media. <laughs> It's a first. I can't remember the last time that's happened. I'll take that all yeah. day. Uh, but I guess what I'm getting at is that there was no public to be in the way, but there also there was no stage. Yeah. There was no elevation. I mean, there was mats in front of us, and we are standing on the edge of the mats, yeah. and there is two feet between us and the fighter, and, and we're on eye level. You know what I mean? Like you're getting a legit – perspective of basically standing right next to them um, <laughs> because we were because we were really right next to them <laughs> and it was an interesting workout i think there were some people uh that we talked to in the media that hadn't attended a fedor workout before <coughs> it is kind of the way he works out which it always kind of scares you a little bit right like he definitely doesn't work out for like 20 minutes straight no. and they, they were basically every fighter was asked to do at least 10 minutes 10 minutes yeah. um and, and and everybody did 10 minutes but uh it's not 10 minutes straight it's basically 15 seconds of explosive power, right? I mean, he's hitting right. mitts. Would you say 15-second burst? Maybe that's too much. Maybe 10-second yeah, burst? Yeah, probably like 10 seconds. It just depends. So it's 10-second bursts of combinations. Now, I'll say this. During those bursts, again, standing feet away, standing eye level, the speed, the power, the, yeah. the you know, the angles that he comes from. You know, it was yep. interesting to see the way he worked it. You know, some were kind of hands up here, working uh, up, t up high, working straight. Some were the hands down low, and that leaping left hand that we think about. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was all that. Um, the power is still there, and I will say, the speed is still there too. Yep. Like it's it's explosive, right? But then immediately he he explodes for ten seconds, and then he stops. It's hands on the hips. It's walking around. No motion, you know, no emotion on the face, no talking. Right. Almost like calming his heart, getting his breathing, then check. Yes. It was like 30 seconds of just like centering and, and then I, back at it. That's it. And I kind of think it's like interval training, basically. Right, like high intensity interval training. Yeah, but it does scare people who haven't seen it before. So if you're watching that workout and you haven't seen it before and you're, and you're worried, it is different than most people do. But I could see how it'd be concerning of thinking, wow, man, is this. He's gassed. He, he doesn't have it. He's old. They've always been like that. He's At least old. always the ones I've seen. Yeah, he's very restrained and trained. But it's like we've seen footage of him in his training camps, in uh, the different gyms and stuff, going a lot longer and a lot harder. This just seems to be the the fight week. I'm going to control how much energy I want to expend at these things. 
you know, uh, I'm trying to conserve. This is just a media thing. I'm going to give you a little bit, but I'm just going to work on maintaining myself. And I also don't want to injure myself. You know, it's, it seems very methodical, you know. Like That's it's it. It's very so precise. I didn't find it alarming, um, but it is interesting to watch. If you want to yeah. watch that footage, we, we do have it up on our YouTube site, um, on the MMA Junkie YouTube site, I should say. Um, all right, now I want to talk to you about – because that was yesterday. Today was media day. And – he, he did a scrum, basically, which does make sense. I mean, with somebody of his stature, uh, somebody of his status, you know what I mean? Like, instead of, you know, being kind of in and out, like, I get kind of waiting and not doing the same schedule as everybody else. But he did a media scrum, um, which everybody else was doing the, the, the what's now become the traditional media day where everybody's in their different, you know, spots right. or whatever. But I wanted to ask you because um, I heard a lot of people coming away from today saying he's sick. There's no right. question about it. He's sick. I believe he's under the weather. Did you get that impression? I mean, it's hard to tell because he's even the way he delivers his answer sometimes is like that same methodical ask the question. I'm gonna think, think, and then I'm oh, going to so respond. So interesting when he has when he has those long quiet pauses. Oh, yeah. You're like, is he going to answer? Yeah, like, or like, he did, he, did he not understand? Did he fall asleep? Yeah. Or, yeah. And so, like, that didn't change. And looking at his face, I mean, I didn't see any sort of, uh, like, struggling flush look. I didn't see sunken eyes. I didn't see something that really showed an illness that was affecting at least his head or or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, I heard that, you know, that his stomach was upset, you know, that his body wasn't really right, you know. But some of those things are a little bit harder to tell and I think maybe a little bit easier for a fighter to mask. But I didn't get the overall sense like he was struggling. That's the thing I got because, I, again, I heard several of our of our media colleagues that were convinced. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. Right. Um, and, and, and I appreciate – I mean, that. hey, look, it's it's our job to try to notice details, yeah. to try to see little things to look at. But I'm like you. I, I, I didn't necessarily – I wasn't overwhelmed like, oh, my God, are they going to even have this fight? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. should he be in there? So, yeah. I don't know. So, I guess those rumblings are out there, but it yeah. didn't – it didn't I mean, blow me away. It was weird. When we first came in, he walked past his seat. And I don't know if it was confusion, maybe that he, all, for the whole time, thought that it was maybe just going to be him in a scrum and not a big media day. Like, maybe he didn't think that his opponent would be asking questions mm. at the same time. So, maybe he was taken aback. But I know he came in, walked past his chair, and walked back over to, like, the media tables where we were and sort of, you know, mulled around over there for a minute. And then eventually they he left the room. And that's where a lot of people were, were sort of hypothesizing like that he was having issues, you know, there that wasn't feeling well and that had needed to go regroup and then came back to the room. And when he came back, he gave a solid 30-some minutes or more scrum and then went up and did face-offs. I think if somebody was really ill, they probably wouldn't have been there that long. But maybe whatever was going on got in check that he was able to do it. But... You know, I mean, if enough people are saying it, somebody, I mean, but I wasn't also eagle-eyeing. I wasn't hawking over the dude, so maybe somebody saw something else. But um, whatever it was, whether it be a stomach bug or something, hopefully, and usually a lot of that stuff runs its course after 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, so maybe if he just hydrates. I mean, this is a guy that has plenty of weight to give, so he can drink as much water as he needs, you know, to flush out whatever. So I'm anticipating there's going to be fine going in for the fight. I don't think there's any sort of risk of this fight not happening. I agree. Um, so let's talk about Ryan Bader. I um, 
Man, I listen. I'll, I'll be honest. I've always liked Ryan Bader. I yeah. really do, and I, I, I always How can you felt not like, like him. I mean, I agree, and I honestly feel like he never got a fair shake in the UFC. And I don't, I don't necessarily mean by the UFC. I just mean I feel like fans are quick to write off Ryan Bader and say that he's nothing. And I get it, man. He's a wrestling based fighter. It's just wasn't like exciting. Was maybe a mid level. I mean, right. he, he didn't have the best of success, but he also wasn't a bad fighter. No, in the UFC. he was. He was always. I mean. He was always top ten, right? Always top ten, and and hovering top five for a while. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, to me, he's one of the best fighters in the world, and and I feel like he uh, just never got a fair shake. It seems, and I, I do believe that you know he's kind of coming into his own here in Bellator, and that's exciting to see. It, it's weird because, and maybe it's just you know the the I don't know the the grudge fight culture of, of or the trash talk culture today because I believe Ryan Bader is. Uh, a phenomenal wrestler, number one. His striking has gotten better. Um, and I believe while he's not the most uh, crazy, overwhelming personality of all time, I mean, he's funny. Like, anybody that, like, is willing to, you know, not on record, but, like, he's willing to talk about, you know, he'd like for his nickname to be the masturbator. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's phenomenal. That's Any, awesome. Anybody that will uh, – Come into the the the, the walk-in music will be the the Darth Vader, you know, right. walk-in music. He does that, and 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 dude, I think about, and I don't know who put him in, and I'm pretty sure it was a sponsor. So I feel bad that uh, I don't remember the sponsor, but remember those videos he did where it's like technique videos where oh, yeah. it looked like he was naked. I mean, he obviously yeah. wasn't, but they had to like digitize out. And he's like, you know, single leg defense, like pushing the guy's Push head, the head in his down. crotch. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just funny That's stuff. Funny. You know what yeah. I mean, like. To me, I I feel like Ryan's never really gotten a, a, a full, sh you know, a fair shake, I guess, from people, yeah. and and uh, maybe he still won. I mean, maybe if he wins this fight, people say, "Oh, you beat an old Fedor or whatever." And but uh, I don't know, man. I, I I'm, I'm happy to see the guy in the position, and I do feel like um, while while you know Scott Coker is saying he's one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world right now. I mean, it is impressive what he's doing in another division, but he fought one heavyweight, one light heavyweight. Um, this would be a big win for him, man. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like people would have to give him some respect. You have to. And, I'm, and, and you're right. I mean, this is a guy that I think if people are disliking him, it can't be from something that he said or did. You know, the guy doesn't go out there. And he's, not, he's not breaking the law. He's not doing stupid shit. You know, maybe it's not the most exciting fight for what you want, depending on what it is. But it, wouldn't you understand, like, how dominant that he's able to do when he's able to control a fight and, exp and use his wrestling to just do that. You almost just got to appreciate the fact of how high level he is in that thing. And just looking at the, the last wins on his record, I mean, Mitrion, Muhammad Lawal, Linton Vassell, Phil Davis, Big Nog, Alir Latifi, like, those are Damn. legit That's legit victories. names. That's legit. I mean, like, you can't say the guy's fighting slouches. That's just that's his bullshit. career record's impressive, yeah. man. And, and, and whether or not he beats Fedor and people want to say he's washed up, that's just people want to hate because, you know, people look at Fedor and they'll say Fedor's great. They're just going to call Ryan a bum. He got beat by the older guy. It's just ridiculous. I think some people are just, just fucking hateful. People are just <laughs> weird and it's hateful, true. you know, and like for some stupid reason. But there's no real – haven't ever seen Bader do anything that would give me reason to just hate on the guy. No. You know, I mean, like, when I worked for the UFC, we always did the interview he needed to be. He shows up on time. He does what he needs to do. Seems to be a guy that cares about his family and cares about his team. You know, like, what more can you ask, you know? I, I agree, man. I think this is a big moment for Ryan Bader. And 
I'll say it. I, I went out on the official picks. I, I picked Ryan Bader, and I know that's not a, a stretch, I guess. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I believe he's a pretty sizable betting favorite, which is interesting to see, but um, but pretty cool stuff. So I, I, I think this is a big one for him. All right, so here's what I want to do. Um, you and I had an interesting opportunity, and we believe it's the first of many. Um, we we I, I sat down with Big John. Of course, you you you. I video. stood in front of you too. While <laughs> yeah. you sat down. I sat down with Big John McCarthy um, for a segment that on MMA Junkie we're going to be calling Big John's Breakdown. Now, that's not Big John apostrophe s. That's Big John's because it's Dude. Big John Morgan. Big John McCarthy. You like that? Oh, you like that? You see the creativity? That is so witty. That's no, no, it's pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. We should get an, a fucking Oscar just for that. <laughs> but listen, how did you see with Big John McCarthy? And I, and I want to play it because this this it's going to be turned into a video and it's going to be on MMA Junkie and it's going to be on uh, various platforms, right? Like this thing's going to be cut up. It's going to be on on on, on MMA Junkie. It's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on YouTube. But my understanding is it's going to be on uh, in, in kind of different views. This is kind of a pilot episode, so to speak. Um, but I I wanted number one. I mean, obviously, I think every anybody listening to this podcast probably has a lot of respect for Big John McCarthy, just as the man that he is and the role that he's played in mixed martial arts. But um, now that we've been covering Bellator a little bit more frequently as of late, I've had a chance to see behind the scenes how much work he puts in, how much research he does, how much right. tape he watches, how much of a student of the game he is. And I always thought he was a student of the sport. You know, he was a student of the techniques. He was a student of what was happening in the cage and how to govern that and how to make sure it ha happens appropriately. Turns out, no, 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 no. He's also been an encyclopedic uh, you know, kind of filer of information, of people, of experiences, of all this stuff, man. It's really, really incredible. And so uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while, and now that, now that uh, you and I were here together this week, we were able to do this um, and, and had a chance to sit down and preview this card with John McCarthy. And you and I could sit here and talk about, you know, these the, the rest of the fights in the main card, the main event yeah. itself. But, dude, I think we'd Let's be doing a disservice. Do yeah, because this was incredible. So, um, yeah. Like I said, we've done portions of stuff. You'll see it on video form, but you'll get the whole thing here in audio form. So this is myself, John Morgan, and the man who needs no introduction, Big John McCarthy, sitting on earlier today talking about Bellator 214 in Big John's, not apostrophe S, <laughs> breakdown. Look how clever we are. John Morgan here and Big John McCarthy, your old stomping grounds of Southern California yeah. here for Bellator 214. I just want to get into it right away. Fedor Emelianenko. You've been around the sport since the inception of it, right? I mean, you've seen it all. But I feel like through all time, this guy is still one of the most unique characters. And I swear, no matter how many times I watch the guy fight, no matter how many times I interview him, there still seems to be this aura about him. What is it about Fedor that just makes him stand out to us as MMA fans? You know what, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but it's the way I look at it is, Fedor's the throwback. Fedor is the guy, you know, we're so used to athletes and fighters now building fights up and creating a drama and saying things about their opponent or things like that and Fedor never says a bad word about his opponent. He says very few words, you know, <laughs> you know but he's very quiet the entire, you know, he, if, if you're fighting him, it's a little tough on you and for media is because media day, you're the one actually absorbing all right. of these questions because he's the guy giving the two word, <laughs> one word yeah. answers. But then, you know, he does the same thing when he walks out. You watch the way he walks out. He walks out in a stoic fashion with stoic mm -hmm. music. He comes to the cage. He does one thing where he'll put his hand, bring his, you know, this, like that. Does his thing. And 
he just fights. And when he fights, he fights with everything he has. Right. And I think people look at that, and he's one of the only guys that can you now be in that position. He can still do that, and people appreciate it because that's real. That's Fedor. So true. And so that's I think that's just part of the mystique that he has, and you know I'm gonna miss it when it's gone. Yeah, it's coming to an end eventually, it's right? Gotcha. Have you been impressed because of that? Oh, have you been impressed because all right, he came in as the biggest star in this tournament, no question, right? He's the name. But have you been surprised how well he performed? I mean, tore through Chelsea and tore through Frank Mir. I mean, he got it done. I, I almost had like question marks about him coming in, but I feel like even though he's saying retirement's looming, he may be fighting as, as, as good as ever, as good as you can at his age. You know, it's, it's the whole thing, and I mean, you never know. People, they, they put this whole thing, oh, his chin's gone. Well, I'm being honest, you know, I've watched, God knows, you know, if, if he's got 40, you know, two fights, I've watched 40 of them. Okay, and he never had a great chin. He right. was never the guy that could absorb a lot of damage. He marked up real fast. He he swelled, but you couldn't get your hands on him to do that with a lot of his fights. And so he never had this great chin. And he fights in a dangerous fashion. Of you know, he doesn't keep his hands up and, and move. He keeps his hands down here, right? Which makes it hard for you to see because I, I'm tell, I've sparred him. Wow. Okay, and I can tell you. You've got to actually start to kind of drop your hands down a little bit so you can see his hands as you're looking at him, and you go, I, I don't like that. But you're doing it. And He's so, baiting you into giving up your guard. Exactly. And so you look and you go, the one thing I can tell you, you know, is the one thing that I, you know, when I first met him and we did something together, I, I realized, wow, he's fast. And I think Chael Sonnen is the guy that's going to tell you the same thing. You know what? I thought he was fast. Wow, he's fast. And it's the one thing at 42 years of age, he has maintained a speed because Father Time, the first thing that he takes, in my opinion, is speed. Sure. And Fedor has not lost his speed. He is still a very fast athlete. And at 235, 234 pounds, whatever he'll weigh in at, I mean, he's exceptionally fast for an, for an athlete at that size. Right. And then at 42, it's remarkable how fast he is. You mentioned the weight, 235 pounds. All right, we've got Ryan Bader, who's moving up in weight, the, the reigning light heavyweight champion. But I asked him yesterday, what do you think you'll weigh in? And he said 235, right? They're going to be the same size. So I think this is an intriguing fight. It's honestly the one that I kind of most wanted to see in the finals, if I'm being honest. Like, oh, yeah. I, I love the clash. What do you think, Ryan Bader, what's his key here? I mean, we know his, his wrestling is great, but, but it's dangerous to get inside and get that tight on Fedor, right? So what, what do you think the keys to success are going to be for Ryan Bader? Well, I think Ryan is Ryan's that athlete that right now, in my opinion, Ryan is as good as he's ever been. He is a much better fighter than he was when he was fighting in the UFC. He has evolved as a fighter. You watch the little things that Ryan does. You watch the things that he does as far as the angles and steps he takes, the, the ability for him to shoot his hands, drop levels, come in, he does a beautiful blast double. And it's when Ryan gets a guy down against the cage if you watch the subtle things that Ryan does, Ryan does a beautiful job of picking hands and pulling that hand away as you start to post. He does a great job of lifting and elevating your leg, putting it onto his leg so now it's up in the air. You cannot use it to swing to get yourself back against the fence. And he pushes against it and now traps it. And you watch the little things that Ryan Bader is doing and you go, man, you, are, you have changed who you are. Right. You are a completely different fighter. You fight smart now and you create 
these situations that force a guy to work so hard they run out of gas. True. And you look at what you know he did with Matt Mitrione. Look at Mitrione. People can say whatever they want. Mitrione is a fast, big guy who can hit. And his one weakness, and we knew going in, his weakness is Ryan's strength. His weakness is he's not a great wrestler, and it's going to be hard for him to stop those shots. But you look at what Ryan did in that fight, man. I mean, the judges put it out there. They had multiple 10-8 rounds, and he deserved it because he dominated a very good fighter. And that's the guy that has a great opportunity, in my opinion, of coming in and putting pressure on an older fighter, again, the, it's the young lion against the old lion. And you know, there's a reason why the old lion loses the pride eventually. Right. And when that young lion is at that peak, all he has to do is get past his mind who he's fighting against. And that's going to be there, no doubt. When Ryan Bader is standing there and he looks across the cage, it's going to be in his mind. Get a little starstruck. God damn, that's <laughs> Fedor Emelianenko. I have watched him when I wasn't fighting. And now, uh, okay. But as soon as the first shots land, that's going to be gone. And now it's time to prove why you're there. And Ryan has all the tools necessary to take this tournament and become the heavyweight champion. It's awesome, man. I can't wait for that. Co-main event, the other end of the spectrum in terms of experience. And let's talk about Aaron Pico versus Henry Corrales. I want to ask you about Aaron Pico because, as we said, I mean, you've seen every fighter come into this game for the entirety of the sport but everybody's so high on this kid. And I wonder what you think it is that stands out to you because we know how great his, his wrestling background is. We know how great, you know, the, the Golden Gloves boxing background. But to me also, at such a young age, the way he carries himself, the way he conducts himself, I'm almost impressed, as impressed mentally by this guy as I am by any physical tools I see. There's so many guys that you can look at in the beginning when you looked at them as fighters and you go, damn, that kid's gonna be good. And, and, you know, there's guys that you can pick out and say, oh, man, you know, the first time I watched George St. Pierre fight, I said, ah, that kid's going to be good. You know, I watched BJ, you know, his first fight was against Joey Gilbert, and I go, oh, goddamn, BJ's going to be good. Right. And you watched Aaron Pico, and Aaron Pico, what, what makes Aaron special is he's so young. Mm -hmm. But it's the background that he has. He doesn't have the, the a background that anyone else has had because he left high school. He did all these things to get into international competition for wrestling because he had a, a thing. He was searching for that Olympic team spot, and he just missed it. You know, I mean, just missed it. We're talking an advantage is what freaking lost him that spot on the team. But it's all of that international experience that has started to make Aaron Pico who he is. I did a thing, you know, you had the contenders that was done, and they brought the contenders back for boxing, and I was there with Freddie Roach, and we're talking, and Freddie Roach said it best. He said, you know, look, at I brought Aaron Pico in to be a sparring partner for Miguel Cotto for Miguel's last championship fight. He goes, I don't bring somebody in that isn't outstanding right. in the stand-up. He said, John, I am telling you right now, if they did this show, which was at middleweight, if they did it at welterweight, and they put Aaron Pico in here, he says, I'll guarantee you he wins it. Wow. That's telling you from a guy that knows boxing how good Aaron's boxing is. And look at you can watch what he's doing. You watch his last fight. His last fight, he goes a good fighter. You know, he Very is good. a tough kid, man. And he got set up by so many exchanges that he didn't see the secondary shot coming. He didn't see that third shot coming. And that's what caught him. And that's what got Aaron, you know, the win that he, had, that he got. But it was also the footwork. You watched Aaron is now taking the angles and he'll, he'll step up and boom, the body shot comes. And it's not only the body shot, and then the uppercut's following it and you're going, damn, that's just maturity. You right. look at what he's doing and you go, I'll tell you, 
That's not what a 20-year-old kid does, but it's what Aaron Pico does. It's incredible. You said Higo was a tough fight. Henry Corrales is a tough fight as well. Oh, I want to ask you, what have you seen in him evolve? Because he came to the organization, lost three fights, right? You're like, I thought, I thought this guy was somebody. Turns around, now he's got four in a row. What, what have you seen? Have you seen anything that you've picked out on tape or that you watched live that you said, here's the key to what's, what's working now? Absolutely. You know, it's fun. I actually, you know, I, I, I went to Rich Chow and told him, hey, man, you guys need to get Henry Corral. Henry was fighting at the king of the cage, and I'd watched multiple fights that he had, and he was walking through everybody there like he should have, and he was undefeated. And they, you know, they looked at it, they give him a you know, contract, and he comes in, and the first guy they put him against, Daniel Strauss, who is the <laughs> ex-champion. He's the ex-champion, just, just lost his title. And you look and he loses that fight. And then the next fight, they give him a two-week notice and he takes Patricio Ferreira, the champion. He wasn't champion at the time, but the championship fight, you know, champion fight, and he loses to Patricio. And then he takes Emmanuel Sanchez. And I looked at, I looked at Rich Chow and I said, <laughs> dude, do you not like this guy? Because you look at the, the fighters, the first three, and those are his three losses yeah. in his career. You look and you go, man, he's going through murderer's row. This is crazy but it was good for him. He learned from him. Right. And you know, you, you watch the fight he had against Emmanuel Sanchez, and I have nothing but respect for Emmanuel Sanchez. I think he is a phenomenal fighter. You know, Henry got his teeth knocked out by a knee. I'm talking five of his teeth, okay? Got knocked out by a knee in the first round. And that was a split decision, it was a close fight. And that tells you the mental toughness that's that Henry Corrales says. Oh man, I tell you, you know, people are like, Oh, and, you know, when you get your teeth knocked out, trust me, you feel it, and then you feel it with every shot that comes after, and you just keep going, and you're putting the fight towards your opponent, who is a guy who is a high-energy fighter anyways. Uh, that was the fight that told me, man, look at it. Yeah, he may have lost that fight by split decision, but that fight changed who he is. And you watch him now, and the, uh, it's a progression of where he's training. I think that him going to the lab in Arizona with John Crouch and having Benson Henderson there. Great team. It's, it's sometimes you, you have to see mm -hmm. what a champion does because a champion does things different. A champion puts that little bit more out. The champion puts himself in the bad positions time after time after time saying, nope, I got to do that again. Nope, I got to do that again. And that's the difference that I see in Henry Corrales now. Henry is putting himself in positions that he does uncomfortable to make them comfortable during the fight. And you watch how he is now, instead of being this super aggressive guy, he's aggressive, but he's a smart aggressive compared to an overzealous and overextending aggressive. So right now, Henry Corrales is fighting as well as I have ever seen. He is at the top of his game for his career right now. I don't think he has the exact same power as Aaron Pico. I think right. pound for pound, square inch, I think Aaron hits a little bit harder, but Henry hits very hard. And if there's one thing I will tell you, Aaron, Aaron has got a good chin. A lot of people say he doesn't have a good chin because of what happened in his first fight. Right. But that's not true. He's got a good chin, and you could see that in the Higo fight. But Henry Corrales has got a granite block for a chin. That man can take a shot. And so Aaron's going to have to put good shots on him, and Henry's going to be there returning because his counter-fighting ability now is at a different level than it was when he first came in, and that's the real difference that I'm seeing in Henry Corrales. I like the co-main, it's gonna be fun. Oh. Jake Hager, AKA Jack Swagger, the professional wrestler. I wanna know, I mean, we haven't seen anything. We've seen some, we saw him work out the other day. It's the first time we've seen any MMA footage. I wonder, do you, do you have any insight into what maybe we could expect? And 
I mean, what are you expecting for the yard? Because I feel like, fairly or unfairly, he's going to be gauged on this Brock Lesnar to CM Punk scale. You know, are you, are you capable of winning a UFC heavyweight title, or do you go on two and you, and you didn't belong? I mean, what, what are you expecting out of this fight? Because this is a, I mean, sure, he's been in packed arenas before. He's been in front of bright lights. So, I'm, but not in a professional fist fight in a cage, right? Nope. I mean, this is a, what are you expecting out of this debut? You know, what I expect out of him, and the big difference is this. Brock Lesnar came into MMA. He had a background, okay? And no matter what, it's not a fighting background. But wrestling is a combative background. It's a martial art. And Brock was very good with it. And so he always had that to rely on. Now, the one thing that we learned with Brock is, okay, although he's a super athlete, super fast, incredible wrestler, he had his weakness was when he got hit, he didn't respond the way we would want to right. respond. He was getting there even, you know, at the end of his career, his last fight, you know, with Mark Hunt, he was getting hit and he was responding right. True. So you could see it was coming, but he, had, he didn't have enough fights to actually get to that. And that's the thing that we're going to have to see with Jake. Jake has got the same background as Brock. You know, you can sit there and you can, you know, toss up apples and say, well, Brock, you know, was the NC2A champion where Jake never made it. He was an All-American. Cain Velasquez was an All-American. You want me to start naming off the All-Americans that were there, okay? There's a couple. And so Jake had 30 pins in his senior year at Oklahoma. You don't do that. That's crazy. Unless you're an outstanding amateur wrestler. So he has that. He has that background. And that's the difference that I see with, between Jake and a CM Punk. I love Phil Brooks. He's a good man. He's a good guy. He never had that athletic background right. that he needed to get himself comfortable in a fight. It's a different atmosphere. And if you're not used to that type of atmosphere, it takes you a while to get into it. And, and even though you're used to the big crowds, like you said, it's a different atmosphere because you don't know what the outcome is going right. in there. <laughs> and it is not scripted and you're gonna have to create that outcome. And so I think with this, you know, I think Bellator is being good with Jake as far as the opponent they're bringing in. You know, is he is he a great fighter? No, he's not. He, you know, he's not a great fighter. He's a young fighter in an old fighter because he's an older man. But right. he's a young in competition. Even though he'll tell you that he has all these smoker fights. Right. Smoker fights don't mean anything. But it's a good person for Jake to test himself against to get that you know experience in the ring. Maybe he'll get touched on the chin. Maybe he'll react the same as Brock did in the beginning and start to turn. And it'll be all over, and there won't be any career for him. Or maybe he'll respond the way a professional fighter responds and utilize the skills that he has honed over all those years and put someone on the ground. And if you're a heavyweight, you cannot have somebody on top of you for a long time. Yeah. you got to be very careful, and you got to do the right things to protect yourself. So Jake's a big guy. He's a strong guy. He's supposedly in great shape, we're going to see, because his heart rate's going to be very fast right. going in there th that night. But it's an interesting concept in bringing him in. He's a good guy. He's a good athlete. And he's a guy that has that background. So I expect actually good things from him. Moment of truth. We'll see. With all these big names we've been talking about, I think one fight that's flying criminally under the radar right now. Tell me about it. Juan Archuleta, it. Ricky Bendejas. How fantastic is this fight? I mean, we could sit here and talk forever about these two guys. Guys, I think they're both top-level talents. But what are you expecting to see out of this? Because basically I feel like whoever wins this fight is probably going to do so in spectacular fashion, whichever way it goes and they're going to take a big step towards contender-type status. I, I think it, it's not only contender-type status. I honestly say, look at whoever wins this fight deserves the shot mm. at Darren Caldwell. Now, I know Darren has the thing with Horiguchi and the whole thing, and if they're going to do that, fine. But the guy who wins this fight deserves the chance 
at that bantamweight title because look at they've established themselves you still got Dantas out there he's got a fight coming up but look at Juan Archuleta at 21 and 1 is just an incredible fighter and the fact that he does so many different elements of the sport. I, t I talk to guys all the time and I say, look at you're becoming too one-dimensional. And you know, you, I, I can talk about guys that have you know, great wrestling pedigrees and then all of a sudden they come into MMA and they utilize wrestling for a little while and they fall in love with the striking and they never wrestle anymore. And Juan Archuleta not only does his wrestling, does the striking, it's the transitions that he right. creates. It's not the tr transitions that he uses, he creates them and he's willing to break free. He's willing to let go and jump up and come with a, you know, a jumping knee. He'll do this, you know, a cartwheel kick. He'll do all these things. You never know how he's going to, be, going to attack you, which makes him super dangerous. And you look at the, you know, Ricky Bandejas and what he did in the Gallagher fight and the way he handled himself. Because when you got a guy coming in and walking across to you and putting his hands up and stuff, you know, that's James Gallagher and that's great and it's, it's great entertainment. Ricky Bandeja stayed calm. Right. And if you go back and you watch that fight, this is what I loved about him. Gallagher came out and if you watch that fight in the first 12 seconds, John, Gallagher throws a low kick, right leg kick to the outside. It hits Bandejas clean. And Bandejas sees it and okay. And the second time within about eight seconds, Gallagher throws it again, and this time Bandejas actually catches it and almost throws a counter right, but it, it misses. Right. He throws it again within 11, 12 seconds. He catches it, bip, right on the button, puts him on his butt, and from that moment, James Gallagher was in trouble. Right. And I saw that Ricky Bandejas not only sees what's occurring, he starts to create and react to it and create his defense and start to do something about it instead of just letting it happen and build. And so it's an interesting concept between the two. Bandejas is very long for 135 pounds, tall guy. He's got good wrestling. Can he maintain the pace that Archuleta brings? That's my question. Because I love this Archuleta's fight. pace is incredible. I love this fight. The main card's rounded out with Adele Altamimi. It was a great story. Hopefully people have seen that package that was put together MVP. I'm anxious to see that, but I want to ask you about one other wild card. The prelims were always sifting for those little jewels, looking for what's next. AJ Agazarm. That's got to be the name that you're probably most intrigued by, right? What do you think about this kid, what you've seen? Can we expect something special out of him? Or, again, I mean, is he kind of just getting his feet wet and we got to wait and see? Well, he is getting his feet wet, but, I, you know, this is the thing I, I'll say about AJ. Man, first off, he comes from an NC2A Division I background in wrestling. He wrestled at The Ohio State. He's a great wrestler who became a great jujitsu practitioner. And when I'm saying jujitsu practitioner, I'm not talking about a no-gi guy. Right. We're talking... AJ is a full-on, put the pajamas on, <laughs> and have someone be able to hold you in certain ways and not just athletically blow himself through it. Right. He's got to technically break his way through what is occurring, and he has become a world-class athlete at that and at the no-gi section. So you look in what he's bringing. You know, Bellator has got some incredible grapplers. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, Rafael Lovato Jr. Amazing. is amazing. amazing. He is one of the best grapplers in the world. He's one of the best high class as far as both in gi and out of gi. Just an incredible guy. I love him. I love what he does. He's there. AJ Agazarm, Dylan Dennis, those three. So you better not leave Dylan Dennis off the list. He'll let you know about it. <laughs> well, look, at the, the big difference is 
Dylan doesn't have the background that AJ has as far as that NC2A wrestling. That's right. I'm not saying that Dylan can't roll with, you know, he can. They're, they're absolutely competitive against each other. But there's certain things that AJ's bringing into this that is even a step ahead of Dylan Dennis when he made that first fight. AJ's got a little bit more behind him in the fact he's got that world-class jiu-jitsu. And when I'm saying world-class, there's a huge difference between black belt and world-class. Right. Those three guys are all world-class when it comes to grappling. I mean, they, they tear apart the average black belt. No doubt. That's exciting. I'm, uh, great way to start the year, I think, top to bottom. This is a fun card. So much. Appreciate the time, brother. Bellator 214, Saturday much, night. Brother. Great talking to you. Welcome back to the MMA Roadshow. That was myself and Big John McCarthy sitting down for an extensive preview of Bellator 214. Hopefully, if you didn't know what was going on, now you do. Now, let's say what's going on here what's at Karate Combat Hollywood. We brought, first of all, let's introduce the man that we have brought on, Ant Walker from SureDog.com. Sir? What's up, fellas? How y'all feeling? Tonight? We're good, man. Pleasure to welcome you to the MMA Roadshow. And let's just say... I want to say, while while the, the McCarthy interview was playing out, while the preview was playing out. What were we doing? We what went down we to get some more alcohol. We definitely did, we did that. Yeah. We did that. We did that. And I, I will say, I, I, want to, I want to kind of throw some more of the scene because it's, it's crazy, right? Like I said, we're upstairs in the VIP area, but over my left shoulder as I'm looking towards the fights, I mean, the, the fighters over here that are still left to compete, they're warming up back here, right? Yeah, like, we literally when, walked yeah. by. The first time I went to the bar, I walked past the dressing room, and it's, like, people doing pad work and everything. Yep. It's, it's, it's like we are in the thick of it. Is the, and now yeah, – I now, walked in there thinking it was the bathroom. Now, <laughs> I was looking for the bathroom. <laughs> so I made that say, mistake. It's amazing. So, the, I mean, the, the, the changing rooms, the warm-up rooms is right behind us, which is crazy. I mean, you can hear the, the pads popping a little bit. You can well, see they keep coming work. out here, too, to get a yeah, they, they, they get, the get the a Yeah, look at the, like the scenery, yeah. man. And it, it's cool. They're all just walking out in front of us in their in their in One their dude came pants. out barefoot. I was like, bro. Right. Hey, you know what? Straight up Put and down. This I've, I've, I have. You, you guys probably already mentioned this at some point, but it, forgive me for saying it again. But, damn, this is – I've never seen an environment like this. This is cool. Crazy, this, is, this is something we, special. I was telling I about how this. we – I set this up for our 200th episode, you know, kind of through the <laughs> shadow organizations. We was like, what can we do for the 200th episode that be just this, crazy this is the off the wall? This is 200. 200. Oh, oh, man, I'm, I feel historic out here. Hey, this is, this I'm is Anderson Silva on the late notice <laughs> replacement, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> I think it's I think normal. it was I think it was Oscar Oscar Willis from the Mac Life who was on last week's episode who kind of said it right like it really does feel in here like being invitation only being open bar being it really does feel like billionaires that just kind of set up this this, this is this right? is Lionheart come to life yeah. this right? this is what it feels like man because the thing is I'm so disconnected with pop culture because you know MMA has consumed my my every existence yes. and I'm sure yeah, you guys in the bubble yeah, with us. I can relate yeah yeah, yeah we're in that same bubble we know what time it is. So I know they're famous people here. I just don't know who they are, what they're famous for. Don't yep. know what they look like. But yep. it, it's got a it's got a famous vibe about yeah. it, don't it? It well, really people, does. It, it's so it's so Hollywood. Like you see people <laughs> like is. this dude probably like we were joking downstairs. This dude could probably buy our lives 50, 60 times over in a blink of an eye, and not even we wouldn't like, even know his name. How, how many people in here have spent our net worth in drinks? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody, because it's open it's bar. It's open bar, baby. <laughs> well, somebody. everywhere. Somebody, 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 somebody said that one down there. Oh, that's a cash bar, bar, now. bar That's a cash bar that's now. Cash. Oh, that's what a ball is at. Well, you know, you know you're know, you with good drinkers when 
the cash bar has rotated and the free bar is rotated, but y'all still know where we the still free know bar where it's is. Y'all tracked it down. <laughs> y'all use GPS to find the, the you free gotta bar. You got to play the system, my man. You gotta <laughs> how about this? It. You how about this? It. While you guys were sitting by the bar, you guys had to step aside a little bit because they were walking in right by the yeah. bar. I mean, you guys were you guys were literally in. One of the fighters walked. Yeah, I, I almost walked through the shot yeah. because I was trying to get some more Jack. <laughs> a cup of Jack. Co yeah, actually, yes, a literally a cup of Jack. Uh, I you walked to so the bartender and said, I want a cup of Jack. A cup of Jack. And the bartender was like, huh? And I was a little, I was like, I've never heard it phrased like that. But like, I, when he explained it, 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 to me, it was just like, I don't want no ice. Don't want no bullshit. Just a cup full of Jack. It's kind of so what I read. It. No, I, no, I do have ice right in it. Oh, but the thing is, ice. I just, I just ice. wanted, I just wanted Jack Daniels in the cup because right. since it's open bar, they're not really doing the shot counts oh, like no, that. Oh no, not at all. So yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, if I say a double and it doesn't fill it, if I say a triple and it doesn't fill it, yeah, just fill it, my man. So he yeah. he filled that hole. Yeah, he cup filled up. it up. Yeah, he filled it up. And he put he put ice in there. But I said so. Why are we talking about MMA right now? What are we doing? Well, we're degenerates, man. That's a testament. We're degenerates, man. That we can handle the drinks and still talk. Well, Yo, I, you know, handling the drinks, man, I got a results article that I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, it's going to get flipped yeah. into an op-ed. By the way. Because, hey. I will never tell people to go to a competing website, but I'm going to recommend people check out this recap on Sherdog.com <laughs> so they can see how out of your mind you were when you had to sit down and write this thing. All right, listen, look, look we, we've talked a lot about the main event, but, and I want to get your insight as a, as a SoCal guy on, on Aaron Pico, right? I mean, uh, listen, this is, a, this is a big fight. Henry Corrales uh, is a legitimate fight. I mean, the, the last fight, Leander Higo was a legitimate fight. I mean, Aaron Pico, at, at how early he is in his career, is fighting legitimate people. I mean, it's amazing to see him. We saw him at the open workouts yesterday. I mean, physically, of course, he's – He looks sharp. He looks sharp, yes, he man. He's striking. They're he's both grappling. Rip. It's amazing. Mentally, I mean, just speaking with the guy, at 22 yeah. years old, man, the way he handles himself. But I just want to ask you, because I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of – first of all, it's really cool, the little tiny stories. I don't I mean, I'm sure this has been covered before, but maybe only in the Southern California area. Like, his – connections to this market like pico boulevard which is a a huge you know a, a huge street or i was, I was a thoroughfare that's the word i was, I was trying to get something bigger <laughs> than the street. a huge thoroughfare in this area is named for like his great 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 grandfather it was like one of the last mexican i don't know it was yeah. important which family it, it, it was, was a big deal it was, it was a big was the deal. picogram named after oh. <laughs> which, one, which, one, which one of them? Of I, I think, I think you're, you're confusing with the pictogram family. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. But, yeah, I mean, the guy's got connections. I, in fact, I heard today, this was funny, it was Danny Brenner, who's uh, PR for Bellator and super connected in this area. Uh, his dad is a huge PR wizard for, you know, major sports, whatever. But, like, I guess his aunt has worked the scoreboard at the Dodgers stadium for, like, 30 years. Wow. Or something. I mean, the guy has, like, real roots. So, I mean, I don't know. There's there's so many interesting things about this guy. Uh, was, was it Ben Folks or Stephen Morocco who had the interview about all the horse questions and stuff? Uh, some, well, uh, makes we had sense to be Morocco. Morocco. It was probably out. Morocco. But Mr. anyway. The Magnificent One pulls out some weird-ass shit. I just <laughs> wanted to get your take overall on Aaron Pico because I, it's not that I want to disrespect Henry Corrales and act like this is a, a gimme fight and we're not talking about it, but – I mean, Aaron Pico has had this tag of the man, you know. He, he, and, of course, we all know he lost in Madison Square Garden, but he's since stormed back with four first-round uh, KOs. But I get the – every time I'm around that kid, man, I get a different feel from him. Like, I believe he's the real deal. You know what, man? I, this, this was my first experience around him in person, and he impressed. He, he impressed me like hell, man. 
That that kid is so focused. One thing about how much of a moron I was at 22 years old, oh. and then I talked ah. to him. I'm like, yeah. wow, this this guy is miles beyond probably my maturity level right now yeah. as we speak. Yeah, he he's um, he's so dialed in, man. He gets it. He really gets it. Now, definitely no disrespect to Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales Corrales is is a very legitimate fighter who is uh, easily one of the top fighters in that weight class at Bellator. He's also a SoCal guy as well. Right. Like grew up grew up close to, to Los Angeles as well. But man, Pico just has this quality about him. Earlier today at the media day, I asked him about um, that first loss and what did that do to him. And he's he just like, man, I, I think that was the best thing that happened to me. That, that he took all these lessons from it. He's saying like coaches just opened up themselves more to him as a result. And, and it just dialed in more the discipline and everything. You just imagine what it's like to be that young, to have that much pressure on your shoulders, to debut at Madison Square Garden after having literally years of buildup yeah. for your debut, yeah. after being an Olympic prospect in wrestling, after being you know a prospect in boxing, and and this guy puts it together, man. I I, I just you know and 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 I don't want to bring up. I I really don't want to try to call out some of the transgressions of John Jones. Um, or, or Mike Tyson or some of the other guys that have been very successful in the fight world but came in at a really young age and had a lot of pressures on them. I just so hope he doesn't go that route. Yeah. But, he, but he seems like he's a step above mentally of where they were. Yep. You know what's interesting is, is it, and I, I've never considered it before, but I kind of think about it right now as we're sitting here. Um, he reminds me mentally of a guy we saw last week in Alexander Hernandez in the fact that He's di he's dialed in. He's on a different level. Like he literally doesn't think about anything in life except professional career doing this. Except that he's not. You know, Alexander Hernandez kind of embraced the theater side of things last week when he said, "Oh, I'm going to call out Cowboy and I'm going to do this." Which is, I get it, man. This is that era, right, where that's what gets notices. And and Pico just he doesn't want to do that, man. He doesn't want to talk trash. He doesn't like. He respects everybody that he's with. Uh, I just, I, I honestly, like, I'm I'm sold on the guy, and I was. I heard all the, I mean, of course, we all heard the hype, man. We all heard the hype before he started. And I, the people that were talking about him, I believed, you know what I mean? They, they weren't people that I thought were just trying to blow smoke. Um, and then you had the loss. And, and I, I never really paid much attention to that because Madison Square Garden, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the stage. And he was, he, was, he was fighting a guy who had, what, 10 or 11 yes. fights before and can him? can you imagine yep. the pressure? I mean, you had, yeah. you know, our, our buddy Brett Akimoto, I think, was the one that wrote the article that basically – and, and I don't know if he wrote the headline or not, but basically called him the greatest prospect of all time. I mean, when you call somebody the greatest of all time, that's a before lot of they've pressure, ever man. Stepped in the cage, that, that is huge. so much pressure. Oh my huge. god! But the way he's responded, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? And I love the way you brought up uh, Alexander Hernandez. Uh, what, what he was doing last week at that press conference against Cerrone, and it, that is that is a great promotional tactic. Obviously, it works. You talk trash, you you talk down about your opponent, and you get people to be interested. And that is that is definitely a, a proven method to get attention. However, the way Pico approaches it, he has not spoken a single bad word about yep. Corrales. Oh, he yep. he didn't speak a single bad word about Higo either uh, that 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 I'm yep. privy to at all. I've never heard him speak down about his opponent, but it's just he's picked up the things that you are supposed to pick up. And not even picked up the things that that are yeah. kind of the, the wasteland, the junk. Yeah. And 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 to go to your point earlier, when you talked about Tyson, the guys that you know had this rise and then fell. I, the, one of the greatest things I thought that Pico said the other day was it when he when he asked him sort of like, 
well, why why won't this happen to you? And he and you and you said he doesn't talk trash because he I love it. And he said, I don't want to say something. I'm gonna go home, and my grandma's gonna be upset at me. <laughs> my yeah. family's gonna be upset at me. And he leans upon his family, and he said that his family's gonna keep him rude, and his family's gonna keep him because he doesn't want to lose face. And I thought that was tremendous to have that connection with the family and realize that there's a lot more things important than than just putting out some words to get you a fight or do whatever. Like exactly. this guy's really looking at. That's legacy sort he, of things. He's, he's, he's thinking, not he's looking thinking about the, the right fight. Thing. He's looking at his life. Right. And that is the big difference right, right. there. And I just I, – I, I will pray every night. I just hope that guy stays with that mentality because yeah. we want to see somebody with that level of potential maximize what they right. have because we, we – uh, BJ Penn's one of the greatest of all time. But it's always like – what if? Right, right. What if he? What if he tried what more? If he right. What if he stayed in his weight class? Day, yeah. and, and, right. and, and John Jones, arguably the greatest fighter of all time. But what if he didn't <laughs> so mess true. up? What if he didn't do this? And and right now we have the opportunity to see a guy this, who has proven it's, it's his this level of talent that yeah. that is that skill. Yeah. And it's skilled enough because what people don't understand for those who haven't trained at anything and they just kind of watch it casually, when just because you can box does not mean you'll succeed in mixed martial arts. That's right. Just because you can wrestle does not mean you, su- you can succeed in mixed martial arts. If you can do both at the same time, yeah, now we're talking. Yep. And there are not many people in this world that can do both at the same time. This so guy's legit, y- man. You're talking about a guy who, who was a legitimate prospect in both realms at the same time and has been able to bring it together in mixed martial arts. That is and that's at a, such a young age. That's an otherworldly <laughs> level of talent yeah. that, quite frankly, I don't think there's a precedent set for. I yeah. agree, man. I, I don't either. So if you're yep. not on the Aaron Pico train, you need to be, and you need to be watching this fight. Now, that said, Henry Cross, it has been cool, right? He, he's at the MMA lab now, which one of my favorite camps. John yep. Crouch, to me, is is one of the greatest minds in the game, man. I, I, I love him, man. A hoist Gracie black belt, which is cool. An amazing cornerman, a great human being that, that, that obviously loves and cares about his guys. Vincent Henderson, Vincent of course, Henderson. is there in his corner. Korean zombies walking around. Korean zombies. Right? Hey, hey, I'm not even lie. I, I fanboyed for just a second. <laughs> yeah. Korean right. zombie walked in the door, and I did say, so, "Oh, your 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 credential." Chill he's out. like the dude you want <laughs> in your he's crew. Korean zombie, he's just though, man. Quiet. He's quiet. Hey. And he'd be walking with you, and he just demolish dudes if shit broke out. So, well before I became a member of MMA media, I was obviously a super fan. I was at the fight against Dustin Poirier oh, in Fairfax, one. Virginia. Yep. And I'm from the D.C. area, so I'm, I'm at that fight. And the, the energy in that building was electric. And there's a huge uh, Korean community in, uh, in that area in Virginia. Okay. So, so that, would, that just that added. That makes sense why they yeah, had a fight. Korean flags waving around. I mean, it, it was a special moment. So, you know, I, I, I contained it. But, hey, Korean zombie walked in the door. Man, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> did. It was a nice treat. That. It was a nice that, treat. That was a welcome surprise. <laughs> All right, Aunt, listen, I want to ask you real quick kind of what you're looking forward to. We, the main and the co-main, man, legitimate fights. It sucks that we lost a title fight that would have been a great title fight, but we'll get that rescheduled at some point. Um, you know, you got the, the Jake Hager slash Jack Swagger debut. I actually enjoyed talking to J.W. Kaiser, by the way, yes, today. Yes, yes, I that talked guy, to him too. He that is, guy is uh, fun, right? Yeah, he's a fun guy. He's, he's a fun a, guy. Every time I went through and listened yeah. to that interview, I just started laughing. He has like an infectious laugh, and he's smiling at you. 
you're like, I just want to be buddies with he, this he's, dude. He's a hard guy to not like. I, yeah. like I, I wanted to have a beer with him right after I talked right? to him. Go, go check. If you haven't if you haven't heard it, uh, go to the MMA uh, Junk YouTube page. I'm sure you guys have And the Sure Dog page as well. But go to the Junk YouTube page first. Then go to Sure Dog. Yeah, you know, just just go to it. Go to one. Yeah. If so there's an ad, play the ad twice. Uh, one, uh, dude, one arch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hit stop and replay the ad. Just reload the ad. Just keep reloading it over and over. One arch led at Ricky Medeiros, which I think is is a, a, an underlooked fight, as I said with Big John McCarthy. Um, uh, Adele Atamimi, which I'm uh, his 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 man, his service Story's background crazy. and his story is amazing. AJ Agazarm, you know, I think everybody, that's the one everybody's uh, Which one out of the main and co-main, which fight are you looking to, forward to the most? Is it maybe something I didn't even mention, somebody you know on the on the prelims or whatever? Give me give me one outside the main co-main that you're looking forward to the most. Ricky and Juan, yeah. please, serve yeah. me up, man. Uh, what, 11-1 and one versus 21-1, and one, if, if I'm remembering those records correctly? That is a high, high-level fight. And it's not like they've been fighting bums either. I agree. Like, they, they have very legitimate records. Um, well, Ricky just coming off of that 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 head kick knockout a Gallagher like sign me up man yep. sign me up I like that and Juan Archuleta best beard out of the bunch strong for, beard. Uh, for, strong for, for beard Bellator 214 is so strong that, that, that comes beard from a man with a strong beard and you know what yes. I, I thought I, I, you know do you have a little envy over there is I do is, my is shit it? don't come thick like that it doesn't and you know it's all it's all oils and berries man it just <laughs> oh man just that's get what this, I'm doing this sexy going man oiled and buried my shit hey Kenny Kenny it's all about it's all about the, what the kind of sexy. oil you put up in there? It's, it's it, berries. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, some, it's some stuff that brothers use, man. I'm going to have to put you on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put me, you on, me, man. Give me a clue, man. <laughs> if, it, if it could fill in the patchy parts that don't grow in, that'd be even better. Hey, hey, you know what? My wife helped resurrect my hairline, so, hey, we're we going to do this, <laughs> man. We're we going to do this. <laughs> That's it. All right, let's do this. I think I think the main event is walking out right now here at Karate Combat Hollywood. Mm. I probably should know what happens for this results article. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Definitely check out this article where he talks about results. He has no idea what happened. While we check out the main event, uh, listen, I want to play a little scrum. Scott Coker, not always a big scrum guy, you know what I mean? But he had a scrum today, uh, and I like I like Scott Coker coming into his own. Man, he's – listen, Scott Coker's starting to have a little fun, right? The, the, one of the funnest follows on Twitter. I'm t bro, his <laughs> Twitter game is it's crazy. When the fun. UFC event got canceled, immediately you saw the, uh, the GIF – of the little baby running in and then running back out. That was amazing. And then uh, – Oh, the, the shade he threw at the new belt? The shade he threw at the oh, new legacy belt. He said he, he took a picture of the Bellator belt and said some things are better left unchanged. Amazing. He that started – good. Listen, I love political Scott Coker right down the middle, you know, circle back to me or whatever, but – Now, give me this Scott Coker. I like it. I, I like want it. this He's Scott He's starting to have a little fun. So, listen, we had a chance to talk to him today for a few minutes about all things uh, Bellator 214 and everything in the future. And uh, you can hear that now while we go watch this main event. Here's Scott Coker. Scott, it's a, an interesting start to your year, right? You were supposed to have direct competition here in the market uh, with a competing organization. <laughs> they went away on this date. I wonder how that impacted, you know, your expectations and the way you handle business for this event. You know, honestly, like, uh, when we announced this fight, we felt really good about it. And we felt like, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. got to bring somebody a really big show to impact this. Uh, and have it on the same day and you know that went away so look we have the date it's gonna be a great show we've been building all year towards this event and uh, it's gonna be an exciting fight it's a great final like you said I wonder I mean you can't determine what happens in a tournament like that but is this the most intriguing matchup you think that, that could have happened in the finals oh, absolutely I mean 
When you think about uh, Fedor being the GOAT, to be the greatest fighter of all time, and has looked really good his last two fights. And what I mean by that is not just the, the way he's won, but he's looked really fast to me, very explosive. And, um, you know, Ryan, to me, arguably could be, you know, pound for pound, one of the best fighters right now, and he's, you know, in his prime. So, you know, it's going to be a, a tough fight for Fedor, but listen, that guy has always stepped up and delivered over and over, and, uh, and we're going to see something, I think, really spectacular on Saturday. Fedor's handed that retirement could be looming, you know, maybe after this, maybe mm -hmm. a few fights in the future. I wonder if you have any insight behind the scenes on what he's been telling you. You know, um, we've had a brief conversation about that. I think that, uh, you know, I think it just depends on what happens, right? Comes out, looks great, does great. I think that he'll have one, one direction. If it, if it doesn't work out for him, I think he might have another direction. But um, that's something that you know, only he knows. And after the fight, he'll know. And, and you can ask him after the fight. Yeah. I want to ask you about Ryan as well. I mean, he'd be in this unique champ-champ situation, right? First for you guys. Has he given you any indication, or do you have an idea of, if that happens, how you would proceed? I mean, would you allow him to try to defend both belts? Has he said he'd, he'd like to? How does that go? Yeah, you know what? I think he said he would like to. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we would, we would do both as long as it made sense. And, you know, it's sometimes titles get jammed up, meaning that it starts to become uh, a group of, you know, fighters underneath waiting. So as long as that, as that, that didn't happen, we would, we would probably, you know, let him fight in both. Uh, weight classes. Last thing for me on this tournament, I just want to ask you now that I mean, we still got to wait till Saturday night to see mm -hmm. what happens, right? But now that we're here, we've reached this long build up. How would you grade the success of, of, of what you did here? Yeah, I mean, listen, this has been a tournament that has made a big impact on uh, the overall business, uh, not just domestically, but internationally. And uh, it's done, um, you know, great ratings. The main events have always delivered on the on these fights, and it's a storyline, and that's what I loved about it. I said, "Look, guys, let's let's do this let's do this tournament." And you know, you're putting eight guys in there that all have names of the, of their own, right? And these guys are brands of their own, and some of the biggest brands in the world. Let's put them into a tournament. Let's create a storyline and let them. This thing will unfold on its own, and it's been a great piece of business for Paramount and for Bellator. Couldn't be happier. Scott, the uh, co-main event. Pico versus Krauss. Is that a title eliminator? Could it be a title eliminator at a featherweight? I, I definitely think that, um, you know, that it could be. We haven't said that it is, but, uh, you know, just like we like to, you know, watch the fights and see what happens and and, uh, and we'll go from there because, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen in a fight and, and how great it is to be, or how, you know, how much, uh, you know, uh, of a advancement a certain fighter will have, you know, moving up in the ranks. But that's one of our biggest weight classes as far as like having so much depth and um, uh, I think Pico is is, is and, and Cross is going to be a great representation of what that division has to look forward to but uh, we'll see after the fights if that's going to be eliminated or not. Could there be a Grand Prix in that, in that weight class at some point? There could be you know there could be I mean honestly we haven't sit down and really mapped it out but think about all the great featherweights in that in that uh, in that division it's just it's just mind-blowing so it, it could be. You guys have uh, Jake Hager making his pro debut on this card, of course, of mm -hmm. uh, WWE fame. Notice mm -hmm. that Bellator was running ads on, on WWE Raw. Oh, WWE really? Smackdown. Okay. You didn't know that. I did not know that. That's you know great marketing by Paramount and Viacom, so <laughs> they got to take credit for that. Do you, do you believe that he, he will draw some of that audience in who are curious to see, to see him fight? You know, I'll tell you, absolutely. And um, one thing I've noticed in being in the MMA business such a long time, or martial arts fight business, or combat sports, whatever you want to call it, it's, there's a crossover. You know, and when Bobby Lashley was fighting, you saw a crossover, right? When uh, Punk was fighting, you see a crossover. And when somebody like, you know, Jake fights, you're going to see a crossover. So, yes, the answer is 100%. You have a scouting report on Jake? What have you heard behind the scenes? What's uh, I heard he's been training hard. And, uh, you know, we had confidence in him. And 
The reason why is because he comes from a real collegiate wrestling background and he um, understands MMA training and, and was really willing to make that sacrifice of training in a real MMA gym and, and working out with some real, real MMA fighters. And, but it all goes back to the basics. Like, you know, if you, if you don't have that kind of background, whether it's jujitsu, wrestling, Thai boxing, judo, you're going to be at a disadvantage. And so, you know, he has one of those blocks, you know, marks checked off because he's already done it. And so now he's got to take it from there. And we'll see, because this has been, what, I want to say eight months? It's been almost a year since we uh, announced him. So, you know, he's putting in a lot of work, and, and my guys are saying he's ready. Any update on that uh, Kyoji Horiguchi and Darian Caldwell fight that's supposed to take place in Bellator? Yes, that fight... Uh, uh, we hope to have that fight sometime in summer here in the, in the U.S. And is it safe to say the winner of Archuleta and Dadeus will fight the winner of that fight? Um, you know what, like, those are all possibilities, but um, let's see how it all unfolds, you know. Uh, a lot of the U.K. fans are wondering how did the MVP Paul Daly fight not end up across the pond? Can you talk about the decision mm -hmm. on the scheduling yeah. of that one? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we talked about this before with Gareth at, at great lengths, but honestly, it's... Uh, it, it comes down to, you know, the tournament is on DAZN, and, uh, you know, they wanted to have it in the United States. Uh, I went to um, see James Russian in the UK, and I asked him, do you guys mind if we do this one event uh, in, the, in, the, in the UK, because we should have this fight in London. And he said, you know what, he said to me, and I'll give him a lot of credit, he said, absolutely, I think it should be here too, so go ahead and do it. And then the, the issue was, in February, we couldn't find a venue to do that fight in London. So we said, if, we, if we're going to have to do it outside of London, we might as well do it, you know, in the New York area. And that's, what, that's why we chose to bring it here to the U.S. Scott, uh, Gegard Posas is supposed to defend his title mm -hmm. on this card on mm -hmm. Saturday. Any update on, on his condition and, and any idea of when he could be back? Boy, I tell you, um, last I heard from him, he's thinking about an April-May type uh, comeback. Fight. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Would it you still keep be Lovato, or would, could Machida possibly? Have yeah, been? that I'm not sure. That I'm not sure. What about uh, Canada? You guys haven't been back since May of 2014. You've got Julia Butt as your champion. You've got Rory McDonald. Any chance you guys are going to come back to the Great White North? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Rory McDonald on our roster, you know, that's been a goal of ours. And to be honest, it's just uh, you know been really challenging getting a, the right date to match up with our TV date. Yeah. And that's been the only hang-up is uh, in Toronto is. Um, you know, they have hockey and basketball uh, and concerts, and it's just a very busy building, so it's, it's been tough. What about Vancouver? Because Rory and Julia are both from there. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something you consider? I know the commission can be a bit of a nightmare, but mm -hmm. would you look at that as well? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the people that uh, book our buildings are looking everywhere. And, uh, you know, we, when, the months that we need those fights are, are tough for them, and the, and the months that are available is tough for us. So. We haven't, we haven't matched it up, but we will. We will be in Canada. I mean, I think before 2019 is over, we'll be there for sure, at least one time. And last Canadian question, Mandel Nalo has looked great in your promotion. We saw that in his last mm -hmm. fight against Carrington Banks. Any chance we'll see more of a push from him just because he looks like a pretty good prospect for you guys? Yeah, that's something that, uh, you know what, feel free to talk to Rich about that, and he'll have a, a good answer for you. Scott, what do you think at this stage in his career, this kind of fight, this kind of tournament does for Fedor's legacy? You know, when I sat down with Fedor, um, I'd say 14 months ago, 15 months ago, um, I told him about what we were doing, and, um, and he was all about it, and he wanted to come compete. But if he would have said no to me, he still would be the greatest fighter of all time. But if he can win this, especially against a fighter like Ryan, 
you know, I, I think this cements his legacy in the sport. And, um, you know, he's already done it all. And he could have retired, you know, to me four or five years ago, three years ago. Two, you know, he's uh, he just has that certain, you know, X factor that uh, I don't think a lot of fighters, especially heavyweights, have that. Sometimes people express concern about fighters fighting into their 40s mm -hmm. and, you know, past what a lot of people think is their pinnacle. Mm -hmm. Do you look at that in a similar fashion? Do you mm -hmm. want to see him keep fighting? I mean, obviously it would be good for business, but... I mean, personally, as someone who's seen Fedor fight for years, do you want to see him yeah. fight? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, a fighter should not fight past, you know, his the time he's supposed to stop. And, and really, that's between us and, and the promoters and the, and the fighter. I mean, the, the, the trainers and, and, and the fighter himself. But from what I saw his last two fights, he looked pretty good to me. And he looked really, his twitch speed looked better than I've seen it in a long time, you know. And the thing about it, listen, when Matt and Fedor hit each other, a year and a half ago, and they both went down. Matt got up a little bit sooner than Fedor did, and then the fight stopped. That fight, within a, you know a millimeter of a second, could have went the other way if he would have got there first. So, and heavyweights, one shot and it's over, you know. And that's just how it is, for heavyweights, and that's the division Fedor's in. So, you know, to land a big punch and he gets stopped, does that mean it's, he's over? No, no, it doesn't mean he's over. It means that you know what. He's a heavyweight. Heavyweights get punched, and when they get punched, you get hit really hard, and, and that's what happens. So, you know, I'm having an intelligent conversation with Fader. We're talking about a lot of other things other than fighting, and, uh, you know, and to me, if, if that wasn't the case, we'd be having a different conversation. Scott, you guys work often in California State Athletic Commission well again this weekend. Mm -hmm. They made somewhat of a controversial decision uh, last month to license John Jones, despite, yeah. I guess, uh, recurring abnormalities in this drug test. Yeah. Any, any concerns about that with the commission? Any, any conversations you've had with Andy Foster uh, about that kind of thing? I, I called Andy Foster. It was a private conversation. I'd like to leave it at that. You know, but just as a, from a company standpoint, I think it's very disappointing. You know, you, put, you, you go out there and you put your uh, reputation on the line for health and safety and all the weight cutting things that we've always supported the commission. And we'll continue to support the commission. But listen, if a fighter has PDs in him, He's got PDs in him. That's how I feel. You, you, uh, to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner now, it's 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 a little bit challenging for me to accept. But it is what it is. And I always say we're going to apply, you know, go by the commission rules, and we will continue. But I, I don't think that was the right call, and you know that was this call to make. And really, in the commission for 32 years, I've been with the California State Commission. I think this is the one of the few times I've ever said, "Hey, this is not right." And you know what? Um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Alima Lay McFarland's hinting that she's got a fight coming up. Can we, can we break some news here today? What's what's next for Is her? Is that what she said? She said, "Stay tuned for an announcement." She's here. Is she here right now. She, she posted something on Instagram. So it kind of kind of hinted at it. Yeah, listen, uh, we can't just fight her in Hawaii once a year, right? So uh, she will fight uh, when we go back to Hawaii. But we're gonna try to fight her sometime uh, in the late spring or early summer, and uh, we're gonna hopefully have it all ironed out by uh, Saturday night. You have an opponent lined up yet? Uh, I think they almost do, so let's uh, let's just hang on till Saturday night. Scott, you were asked about um, Michael Venom Page and Paul Daly mm -hmm. and that going ahead in Connecticut, of course. Mm -hmm. um, you the week before that, you've got Bellator, Newcastle. You know Corey Browning um, against um, uh, Aaron Chalmers mm -hmm. and, and Pitbull um, against Ryan Scope. Right. Um, you've also got um, Bellator Dublin around that period as well. Um, you know, let's hope everything doesn't collapse. Um, but, um, you know, 
um, it's, a, it's a signal, presumably, I know that, as I say, daily and MVPs in, in Connecticut, yeah. but it's a signal that some, you're going to make very big strides in Europe and potentially announce a TV deal soon for, for the British market? Yes. Um, we have a press conference in London slated for... I want to say uh, the sixth of February, and so we'll have we'll have a lot to announce then. So we have some really good, uh, you know, TV stuff to announce, and we have some uh, dates to announce, some different cities, and uh, we're going to go on our way. And the beauty—I'll just say this—the beauty about that that circuit is that it's going to be built for the Europeans and the U and the UK, and it'll be in your time zone and prime time, and it's not going to be at three o'clock in the morning where. So yeah, you'll be watching away. at three in the afternoon instead, yeah? Probably one o'clock in California. Yeah, well, one o'clock, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Just last thing for me, Scott, have you planned Michael Chandler's next move? And I mean, no, no surprise to him, Patricio's still been chirping back and forth a little yeah. bit. Does that look like a yeah. fight you, you want to make, or what's his next move? You know, we, we just kind of let Michael rest a little bit since the holidays. We'll get back to him. Uh, but that is a fight that a lot of people want to see, it seems like. And my guys keep talking about it, so, you know, that, that would not be uh, a bad call. Yeah, that is me. I mean, listen, it's like, why not have some fun with it? You know, I mean, if you know sports teams are doing it now, right? It's not just me and, you know, like in the fight game, but everybody's doing it. So why not have some fun with it? Thanks, guys. Well, it's been a fun event. Karate Combat Hollywood is in the books. Bellator 214 is on the horizon. Just want to give a big shout-out to Cold Coffee, to my man, Ant Walker. Big John McCarthy, Scott Coker. Appreciate everybody in Los Angeles this week. I think it's going to be a fun event. It's the start of a new era. Listen, I know this is on Paramount, but listen, 2019 is uh, an interesting time. A lot of MMA behind a paywall. I'm sure we'll talk about that after the fight and see how things go. Uh, shout-out to everybody here at Karate Combat for hosting us. We had a fun time. And for everybody else... Thanks for listening. We'll